0: learning to be able to quit i will say to my clients when i'm working with them are you looking out of the windshield which is forward thinking or are you looking in the rearview mirror and if you were thinking about driving your car down the road looking in
1: the rearview mirror how far would you get feel fit feel positive feel motivated this year As a highly sensitive person, I hate going to the gym, just like you, with the sweaty equipment, the eyeballs staring at my stomach, and the unwanted grunting and chest pumping. Ugh, no thanks. That's why this year I'm growing with a glow in the comfort of my own home via an app on my phone. It's not just a recorded class that I join, it's Lisa, a real-life personal trainer from Future, the sponsor of today's episode. She helps me exercise and feel confident with my own custom plan, and she's always by my side. Future is a fitness app that pairs you with your own highly credentialed fitness coach who will hold you accountable and keep your workouts fresh and fun. Upon signing up, you'll have a video call with your coach who will then design a fitness plan unique to you. If you hate stinky gyms but need accountability to stay healthy, then go to www.tryfuture.co forward slash empath to try your first month future for free. The link is in the show notes. Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, your nurturing warrior guide through the darkness. Just a reminder, this information is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional help. Highly sensitive people have a heightened awareness of other people's emotions and feelings. Just like you and I, they tend to be more empathic and compassionate. Dear empaths, do you relate to that statement? Empaths often feel overwhelmed by others' pain, sadness, anger, and grief. I, my just, I myself, just as the Hindu goddess Kali and the Mesopotamian goddess Inanna, have walked through the darkness died to myself and ego and ascended to connect with my true authentic self. Part of that healing journey, I truly benefited from talk therapy. This is why I specifically chose out of all the sponsors out there, BetterHelp. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp and BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. It allows you to talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. With a broad range of expertise and BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network, it will give you access to help that you need that may not be available in your area. Finding a therapist is easy. Just fill out the questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist under 48 hours. Everything you share is completely confidential in therapy. Join the 3 million-plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash empath the link is in the show notes finding strength in weakness and having a difficult past with a narcissist can seem like an insurmountable mountain to climb especially when you're dealing with ptsd anxiety and stress but you don't have to stay stuck in the mud of your painful experiences You can find strength and rise above with tips from this episode, as well as joining our healing empath community. Also, grab your free inner authority mantra, grab your free empath mantra and the link in the show notes to get started. It can be a hard, it can be hard to leave the past behind, to get out of the victimhood To get over what the narcissist did to you, whether it's that relationship, the abuse, the manipulation, the lies that they told your family. I know all of it is extremely hard to get over and get unstuck from, but it's possible to learn from the past and use your experiences to become better, stronger, and more resilient. And I promise you one day you will look back and laugh as I do. Our guest today, Donna Tajjan, is the founder of Vibrant Living International, a nonprofit organization. She is a life mastery coach, an ordained minister, a podcaster, and author. She helps bring accelerated transformation to people across the world. She empowers you to master life, spirit, soul, and body. Donna has been speaking and coaching for over 25 years, and she's developed powerful programs and workshops to help you through life's transitions and pain to achieve your goals or dreams. She also produces a podcast called You Were Designed for Greatness and has written four books. Her clients say she has a knack for turning fear into excitement and exposing lies so the truth can shine through. I also want to thank you so much for participating, listening, sharing this episode. Um, It is growing exponentially and I'm so very grateful. It is because of you, dear empath that this is happening. And I just encourage you all to rate and review the podcast to allow it to bump up even more in the algorithm in Apple. It's just some type of rule that we have to follow, but everything else in life, we can be a rebel. So thank you so much for that. And let's dive into the conversation. Hmm. Hello, Donna. Thank you for being here on the podcast.
0: Hello, Raven. It is such a pleasure to be here and also to share with you today.
1: Yeah. We are going to be diving into this topic of how to rise above a painful past with you, Donna, because you have this expertise and really focus on helping others design for their greatness, right? To design their lives. And I think this is exactly what we need to be empowered in and emboldened as empaths who are suffering from mind control. And maybe you think you don't have low self-esteem, but maybe it is low self-esteem. Maybe you know you have it and you're like, yes, I admit it, but how do I rise above that? So I'm really excited to dive into this with you. Sounds good. I found a quote on your Instagram at Dr. Tash, Tashjian. Did I say that right? It's Tashjian, Tashjian. But close. okay. Yes. Okay. Dr. Tashjian. <laughs> and the link to her Instagram will be in the note, the show notes. It says two of our primary needs are love and belonging. What do you think happens to those needs when we hide? We don't get either one of them in any depth. And I just really loved and resonated with that because I find that myself and I know generationally, I feel like it's passed on to my girls, even though I'm working so hard to overcome (laughs) this generational trauma. This is like the last bit of like being, feeling worthy to speak up for yourself. And this is where the narcissist can really keep us in that trap. Like we don't feel worthy, but you're right. If we hide what we want, we're suffering either way. We're suffering and not receiving And continuing to receive the abuse and we're suffering and not getting what we want and we truly do deserve what we desire and what we want. So can you talk a little bit more about that before we backtrack into your story? Sure. Hiding is a natural
0: response when we have been wounded, when we have been injured. It is a protection. It isn't meant to be a bad thing, but if it continues, when you are away from the situation, even it begins to be, it's like I built a wall to keep the bad out, but it's keeping the good out too. And learning to be able to figure out how to trust not only ourselves, but others is part of that whole picture of beginning to take the wall down and figure out, is it safe on the other side of that wall? or not. And it may sound oversimplified, but one of the biggest things is to begin to picture what you would like it to look on the other side of the wall. When we have been in some type of toxic relationships, we're not allowed to think, are we?
1: Yeah. No, especially We're, with the
0: narcissist. Yeah. Yes. And no, we are not allowed to think, and our opinion doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And so, just to begin to be in a safe place, journal, find a a safe friend, and begin to to put to say what you want. What would it look like when I work with women who have been through trauma of all kinds? Um narcissism goes across all kinds of levels in all kinds of relationships. But when there's been trauma is figuring out, what do I even want? I haven't been allowed to say what I want. And so beginning to, in that small space of just, well, what would I like to have? Even to the simple as is, is, what kind of coffee do I like? What kind of food do I like? What kind of movies would I like? What kind of books do I like? All of those little things begin to open up the pipe of the dreams that are there that have been so stifled that we don't even know what we want. One of my favorite movies and it it wasn't necessarily necessarily a narcissistic relationship was Runaway Bride with <laughs> oh her name Julia Anyway, Julia Roberts, Roberts. Uh, Uh in the last, one of the last scenes, she kept running away from relationships. And in the last scene, she's sitting in a restaurant and she's got five or six kinds of eggs in front of Mm. her. She's got a scrambled (laughs) egg and a fried egg and an eggs Benedict and, you know, omelet and over easy and poached. And anyway, all these different kinds of eggs. And someone says to her, what are you doing? She's like, I'm, When I was with Fred, I like this kind. When I was with Ralph, I like this kind. When I was with Joe, I I ate these kind of eggs. I want to know what Julia likes. Yes. And I love that because so many of the times, uh, life even, we don't have time for ourselves, kids and things and jobs and all of the stuff. It's like we get to a point. It's like, what what do I really want? And what do I really like?
1: does that resonate? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. And just the other, just yesterday, I kind of remixed a reel with a friend, Caroline Middlesdorf, And it was this funny audio. It was like someone was complimenting, oh, I like your personality. And the audio was saying, oh, thanks. It's actually not mine. Like I changed my personality depending on who I'm with to make sure that you like me. And uh, this is not the exact quote. You have to go watch it. And it was so profound. I was like, this is it. First of all, this is it from the people pleasers perspective, right? This is what I've done my whole life is like, I change how I would talk with the person. I would change what I liked. I would say, yes, I like that when really I might've not liked it, but I'm like, oh, it's a little lie. Like it just helps me Mm -hmm. connect with them or I don't want to like get into any arguments over it. Just like Julia, like which kind of egg do you like? But then also- the narcissist does the same thing by controlling you. It's like they change yeah. to like to accommodate, not, not accommodate, they change to woo you with this like, oh, yeah. I love this too. It's like super manipulative. So it's right. really interesting how the you're innocently manipulating a situation because you want to be loved. And then you could maliciously manipulate because you want to control. And like there's these two sides of the coin of this problem of like what – do you really like who really are you and be yes. authentically you and that's the only way we can really break free of all these patterns is to not be embarrassed like oh i like to watch real housewives okay no big deal like it's kind of silly but yeah and then everyone's like secretively like i like it too i like it too or maybe <laughs> it's something different you know maybe it's something that your partner does, does not like or they disapprove of this is a thing it's like really strong what's the right word? Really strong opinions um, that yeah. come at you. That's what makes you kind of recoil and, and like hide. Like, ooh, that was a really strong opinion. They didn't really like it. So now I'm not going to reveal that I like it because you're afraid that they're not going to like you or accept you. Right. Can, can you tell us a bit about how to overcome that fear of like not being loved and accepted just because you have a different opinion with somebody? Well, the, the simplest
0: way, and it, it's a simple answer, it's not so simple to walk out, is to begin to love yourself. Mm-hmm. As the more that I can be comfortable in my own skin and who I am and what I like, then I don't have to have you to like everything about me. Because at the end of the day, I like me. But when we are focused on, I need to go outside of me to be able to like myself, if we're always looking for other people to meet needs, someone will always not like it. I, mm-hmm. I have coined the phrase rejection. You want to know what it is? It's just somebody's opinion. Mm. It's as simple as that.
1: Yeah. rejection
0: is i mean think about how many different kinds of genres of music and art and all clothing and house kinds and all of the things and it's because everyone has a different opinion yeah and even we go back to school when everybody decided what was cool it was somebody's opinion
1: <gasps>
0: my my youngest daughter did a test my family had weird phrases. We grew up in the South, and it. I, please, nobody take offense at this. But instead of swearing, we would say "shoot a monkey." We never shot any little monkeys. I promise. Yeah. And she she got around, and she began saying it everywhere, and it became a cool phrase. <laughs> <laughs> and it it's just influence of deciding whose opinion is going to be popular. So why can't my opinion of me? Be the utmost of becoming more secure in who I am and who I like. It's really hard when we've had verbal abuse, telling us you're stupid and you're ugly and you'll never amount to anything and who the hell do you think you are and all of those words. Mm-hmm. It's, it is a challenge, but it is possible. If you do the first thing I said, begin to say what you would like and who you want to be. That's another part of that journaling is, who do I want to be? Do I want to be the person that always recoils? I mean, I can disagree with that. I can disagree with that loud, boisterous person without ever even saying anything and do it from a place of confidence instead of recoiling. Mm -hmm. I don't have to argue. I don't debate with anybody. If they want to talk about it, fine. But if we're just going to debate, I don't have time for it. Yeah. And taking that approach, but beginning to say, who do I want to be? Because who you want to be is who you really are. Just got to let her out. Just got to mm-hmm. let her out and let her shine.
1: Yes. I love that. I'm going to clip this right here at 1111, which is like my magic number. When you said, who do I want to be? And you're, you landed on that B on 1111. It's, it is the opportunity to choose who you yes. are, to discover really who you are outside of all the external noise. Yeah. Do you find that the root of this starts at a very young age, like without even abuse? <laughs> this whole external, like, who who am I and what do I like to make sure I fit into the crowd?
0: Yeah, I think that starts young, even in the most healthiest uh, childhood circumstances and homes. We all want love and acceptance is part of our DNA, part of, who, of our core. And, but in that process, we don't know who we are yet because we're becoming. And I don't really know that I ever stopped to be, I, I'm ever going to step out of the becoming. Because I have, as I've gone through different decades and for, I think every decade that I'm in is the best. So I, they just keep getting better, but Mm -hmm. next year I'll enter another one and we'll, Mm -hmm. and we're going to go from there, but is learning that we never start becoming, because that phrase is growth. That phrase is who, well, what else do I want to do? What else would I like to be? And continuing to grow. Do you notice that all of this is very forward thinking? Mm-hmm. and beginning to look not at who the past says i was one of the things that i say is your past does not have to define you unless you let it yes and so learning to be able to quit i i i will say to my clients when i'm working with them are you looking out of the windshield which is forward thinking or are you looking in the rearview mirror and if you were thinking about driving your car down the road, looking in the rearview mirror, how far would you get? You would crash or stop. <laughs> you would crash. And that's the way our lives feel. It's like, I keep crashing. I keep crashing. And that's because we continue to look backwards. Even five minutes ago is backwards. And it's learning to continue to look forward, even if I messed up, even if I was triggered, even if something happened that reminded me of all of those bad words. It's who do I want to be? It's pulling my shift of my vision back to the windshield, if you will, in my Mm -hmm. example, of Mm -hmm. where you want to go and who you want to be. Because having things happen to us, they happen to us. They are not us.
1: Oh, yes. Yes.
0: So remembering that that they happen Mm -hmm. to us, they are not us. And someone's opinion of your worth does not make it true. In my, I'm a woman of faith, I need to talk with who created me to find out who my worth is. Not some Yahoo who is having a control issue.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I'm 100%. Resonate with that. And as you were talking about that, I'm, I think myself and all who you listen, you're constantly reflecting and introspecting and thinking, could I have done this differently? How did this happen? You know, you like, you review a conversation or a situation over and over in your head. And I think it's good to do like a playback, kind of like in sports where they watch something and then they say, okay, next time I won't do this so I can improve moving forward. Like you say, talking about the roof of your mirror. But if you're constantly replaying that tape in the roof of your mirror, you will crash. But if you can, you can look back, be like, oh, quick look. Okay, got it. Looking forward. Let's do it this way. Let's rewrite my choices. How am I going to act moving forward? For me, it was, okay, I need to not freeze like a deer in the headlights. And I need to say what was truly on my mind without fearing the repercussions. And that's what I'm going to do moving forward. Right. And so your eyes are forward. You're in the present moment. Right. And you say that was just uh, another little lesson that I will learn from versus like sitting in regret and self-loathing.
0: Well, we have done that in those these kind of narcissistic toxic relationships because if I could rehearse what triggered him or her, then I that won't happen again. Right. But That's really any of you into thinking <laughs> any yes, it does, and so we keep rehearsing it, trying to avoid, especially if you're still in it, trying to avoid it happening again. But any of us who's been out of one, no, that never works. Because you can never figure out all the reasons why they're going to be triggered and they're going to react and they're going to be little and all of the things. So it doesn't work. is what I'm trying to say is we can we can do what you actually said and that was very well articulated in in the way I looked at it too is who do I want to be? I don't I want to be someone who is confident and speaks her voice, not who freezes mm-hmm. One of the biggest things that one of my coaches said to me is: remember, confidence is a capability that is built over time, not something you magically feel.
1: Mm. Like that, like an and ability so, rather than a gift. Sometimes exactly. I feel like there's a myth, like oh, some people are born oh, with. Some people are born confident. It's mm-hmm. not true. Every mm-hmm. one of us even those
0: that are all all super boisterous are doing it most of the time because they're afraid of being disliked too. So I'm just going to be really loud about it. Yeah, All all of us have a confidence is something that we build. That means a lot of times we're doing it afraid. Mm -hmm. It's courage. Courage is doing it anyway. And so- I, I jokingly say, I, when you become a client of mine, I have this magic booth that I sit you in and I go all magic words and then presto, bango, you're all better. And you know <laughs> we laugh because we all want that. We all just want to feel better. And it doesn't work like that. So knowing that it's one small decision after another. I had someone say when they heard my personal story, Donna, you're a walking miracle. And I smiled and thanked them. And as I walked away and I'm like, this miracle was one hard decision after one hard decision after one hard decision after continuing. And it's just knowing that. And then it's falling down and making another good decision. It's those kind of things that bring success Capability is something we build. It is something we grow in. It's something as I find out more what my strengths are, I'm more confident than when I began. We want to just get on the bike and ride it and never fall down. Yes. And it just doesn't work like that. Everyone is growing, falling down, getting bruises and learning. And if we could just love each other more, it would be such a wonderful thing.
1: Hmm. Well said. It's discipline and perseverance. Yeah. Stepping into, and what we just talked about is the tactical way to rewrite your mirror neurons. If you've ever heard of yes. those, you're like, oh, that's way too sciencey. That's way too complicated. Absolutely. I can't do it. I can't rewrite my whole brain. It's one step at a time. Absolutely. Speaking of your story, let's go backwards, rewind, and let's hear a bit about <laughs> you Uh, (laughs) and are sorry? oh
0: well I never had a real relationship with my biological father and as I look back on all of that it the feeling of I found out later that I was supposed to be a boy and there was just always this feeling of needing to prove that I was worthy of love anybody else am I not alone out there guys come on yeah. So yeah, and anyway, so my mother remarried and I got a blended family, so I'm again trying to fit in and make everything work and all of those kind of things. And so fast forward to when I became an, I was 14, someone that was close to us hurt me and I became pregnant and so mm-hmm. I became a mother at 15. Mm-hmm. Again, shame, anger, yeah. Never mind the control and abuse that was in the relationship that caused that to occur.
1: But was that the relationship romantic or like a, a friend that was abusing you?
0: It it was like not romant- or- It was not romantic, but it was okay. close to the same age. Okay. So learning to be able to figure out. I mean, I thought my life was over. Right. And, you know, all of those kind of feelings, but I raised her mm-hmm. and later on married and my husband adopted her and things move forward. But when, he, you know, and, and I had this thing in my mind, I get married. Oh, it'll all be better. <laughs> the false myth of marriage fixing oh, everything. <laughs> marriage fixes everything or having a baby too. We, a lot of times women have that analogy as if I have a baby, everything will be better. And yeah, It didn't make it worse, but it definitely did highlight how insecure of a young woman I was and uh, learning to be able to my I mean, my husband and I this this month that we're recording this will be celebrating 38 years of marriage. So we did learn a lot, but there was something that we, I'm not quite sure how we developed it, but he would say, I love you. or you look pretty today? You, you look nice today. And I would say what, <laughs> and he would say it again. And then I'd say what again, because it seemed like I couldn't hear it enough. Mm. I couldn't believe, <laughs> I couldn't really believe it. Mm-hmm. So it took it took a long time to be able to receive love, that unworthiness and all of that that was going on. Um, but yeah. through as as the years progressed, I became I became better and stronger through it all and learning. And I have been mentoring, coaching women twenty five plus years now, probably. So learning all of the different ways to be able to process that. One of my sweet spots is, is with a short conversation with most people, I can figure, I can tell you what the root is and then devise a plan to deal with what the root is. Because if we can figure out the root of things, we don't have to go on for years dealing with this over and over and over again. It it isn't a magic booth. I will say that, but learning (laughs) to be able to help people live vibrantly has been, uh, it's been my heart's desire.
1: Hmm. That's beautiful. So of course our journeys are winding and it is an evolution, like you said. Mm -hmm. So was there a certain point in your life where you said, I feel like whole enough to coach or was coaching also part of your healing journey?
0: I, and in those days we didn't call it coaching. We are. <laughs> it was. It? it was not called coaching. Coaching <laughs> is in the last fifteen years probably has becoming to the forefront. Yeah. But it was something that I, I, women were just always coming and talking to me. Hmm. It was innate. It like that just. I can't believe I'm telling you this, I would hear. I've never told anyone this. That was a mm. common phrase.
1: I hear that a lot you know, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was a common phrase. And mm. I, I, so I began to take read books and attend workshops and, you know, take education to help me do that better all mm-hmm. along the way, all along the way.
1: Mm. Wow. Incredible. In that journey, was there a point like you, you had gotten married and you kept soaking up that love and healing. Was it in your relationship with your current husband that brought you to the point of that love and acceptance of yourself? Like tell us a little bit more about your self love journey. Was there an aha moment or was it gradual?
0: Well, it is. it was wonderful to be in a relationship where I'm not saying everything over those 38 years were always beautiful and that we never fought or anything like that, but it was wonderful to be in a relationship where I really was loved and appreciated, and I know what a treasure that is. Mm -hmm. But it is a mistake to think that a human being can meet that need that's deep inside of us for love and acceptance. For me, it was my faith, and it was going through some... Work. I don't really, I guess I'd call it a workshop, but Mm -hmm. I went through some work. I attended a group, but Mm -hmm. most of it happened when I was alone. Mm -hmm. And through that process of really becoming to accept myself and love myself and realize where my worth came from, as I mentioned, from the creator, not from because. A human mm-hmm. being can only love us to their capacity. They can never really meet that need. And through that process, I began to discover who Donna was, discover mm-hmm. who her what her gifts were, what her strengths were, and focused on that, not on everybody's opinion about what was wrong with me, which I'm sure people can relate to. And so it was through it was primarily through that um, avenue. That I began to really, really heal, my husband played a part in it, that's for sure.
1: Mm. but
0: a human cannot do cannot do it all. there just isn't it is just isn't possible.
1: I see, I understand. Yeah, that's beautiful. And no matter what your journey is, you know for some of us, we've experienced abuse from those in the faith, and then yes. like you, you you experienced healing. So I love to hear that because you know it's <clears throat> not all. It's not all toxic and controlling. It's just how you said, how a human interprets and carries out their behaviors, maybe in the name, unfortunately of faith of God, the creator. And maybe you still are triggered by God and creator, and it can be, you know, the divine, it can be your higher self, whatever it is. I truly believe it's not like an earthbound ego that helps and heals us. It is something the the light. God, the divine, something bigger than us. Yeah.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Beautiful. That really is truly helpful and healing and affirming that no man or woman can fix or heal us. No marriage, no amount of money can fix or heal us and not even becoming like a, a mother or father or having children can heal us and it's sometimes detrimental to the children when you put them in as a pawn in your healing, right? Because then they now have to be subject to, if you are with a narcissist and think that a child's going to fix them or make them wake up, now you have another human being Mm. who will be abused and used as a pawn by this horribly controlling egotistical person. I really, truly appreciate that. Mm. Yeah. So this is it. This is how we rise above a painful past is stop looking essentially at it. <laughs> stop looking at the past.
0: It, it isn't that I completely stop looking, but I stop making it my primary focus.
1: Right. You can look for lessons, but yes. look forward. You right.
0: look for right. lessons, but you look forward on where you want to go. What eggs do you want to eat, et cetera, <laughs> for that story. in that is what do you want and who do you want to be? And if you are listening and you're doing that, I would love to hear how your journey's going because it is. it does take persistence and discipline. It's so easy to stay curled up in the ball. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take any effort to hide and stay hidden. It does take effort to shine.
1: Absolutely. Just like Byron Katie has the book and talks about doing the work. Like you say, it's, it's work. It's just like going to the gym for your body and you are going to the gym for our mind
0: mm-hmm. and our
1: soul and our emotions. Yeah. It's emotional discipline and work. Yes. Donna, where can everyone uh, connect with you? Where would...
0: The easiest way is my website and that is the letter I, VibrantLiving.com. I'm also on social media platforms, different ones as well. So there is a, there's a free book on my website. There's always free resources there. Um, check it out and see what might be a blessing to you.
1: Perfect. Yes. Well, Then the, what is the name of the free book that is available on the website homepage?
0: It is called An Umbrella on a Sunny Day. Ooh,
1: what is that about?
0: <laughs> it is coming from, it's, it's my story more in okay. depth of oh. what happened with me, but how we, even when things are, it's a sunny day out, but I know it's going to rain on me sooner mm. or later. And <laughs> so I need to bring my umbrella. It's waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. And it's that expectation of bad, even when something's going well and how that can really steal our joy. And I give four keys how to deal with that.
1: Beautiful. That's amazing. Can't wait to download that and read it. Thank you for that offering and that free gift, Donna. And thank you for your wisdom and being here and sharing your story. It's been my pleasure, Raven. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. I am so grateful. I braved blackmail, shame, and guilt to publish my book to help others not feel alone, crazy, or too emotional. You can buy your copy of my book and gain how to overcome narcissistic abuse and recover from PTSD, codependency, gaslighting, manipulation, the guide to heal from childhood trauma with effective exercises and how to live as your true authentic self with Human Design 101. You can grab that on Amazon and listen on Audible and birth out of sharing about my book and this podcast and community, I have created a safe community on Patreon. You can now join this January only for $8.25 a month. That's the founding member price only through January. So gain your empowerment, mantras, freedom, answers to your questions and community. Now, the link is in the show notes. And remember, always keep your unique light shining. Losing time, I'm fading fast. I just wanna make it last. Try to let go of the past. I close my eyes, embrace the blast.